0: y'all it's your girl shakira maybone
1: jada vassar
2: and anthony brinson and this is all shades of chocolate where we bring
1: this sweetest the hottest black culture to MSU. msu
2: we're here with a very special guest she's making her return miss dr meyer Woo!
1: Woo!
2: <laughs> how's your day been so far
3: it's been a wonderful day i mean this is a highlight of my day quite honestly this <laughs> is you know such a blessing be invited back to the cookout
1: yes <laughs> definitely a blessing oh. to have you back <laughs>
2: to get things started. How's your summer been? How has things changed since the last time you were on the show? And how has teaching been for you this semester?
3: Um, wonderful questions. Again, thank you for inviting me back. Um, first year, summer was amazing. Of course, I went back home to South Carolina to spend time with my family and friends. And and from there, I've had other, of course, research obligations. So travel a little bit, went to D.C., presented at a conference. But um, it was an amazing summer. Really good to be back home and to soak up all that love to prepare me for this academic year. Mm -hmm. Um, Since last time I was here, yeah, it's been one year down, right? Mm -hmm. Starting my second year here at MSU, and thank you. Uh, And again, I'm just so grateful. The first year definitely was that period of adjustment, and of course, I always say that you all, the students, have definitely made it such a special place to be, And so from the first year to the second year, I feel like I got my groove a little bit and Mm -hmm. I have my little flow. And so it's been going very well. And part of that is being able to teach a great class. I'm teaching Journalism 108, the world of media. And so I'm having an opportunity to really dig into my research and my passions and bring it into the classroom and really engage into some critical discussions on how we consume media of all forms. So it's been it's been great.
2: That sounds pretty dope. What would you say is the best part of teaching, just in general, and being able to work with kids and stuff, or college kids?
3: The best part is just learning from you all and just getting to know you, because, you know, we have students. When you come into the university space, you're dealing and working and learning from students from so many different backgrounds and lived experiences. So, have an opportunity to get to know you beyond this role of professor-student, just... Mm -hmm human right and just talking about how life is full and how we're navigating this space together and so definitely that has been that is has always been the best part of being in my role
2: okay great i got anything i want to ask real quick
0: yeah so um I don't know like do you still feel like have you gotten comfortable since you've been here you know since it's your second year here like yeah just you know spill the tea on that
3: <laughs> spill the tea <laughs> no I definitely feel more comfortable and you know this experience is one that you're learning constantly and hopefully growing constantly and you always are confronted with new experiences and opportunities so yes I feel like I'm adjusting well and every day every semester it gets better and so yeah
2: that's definitely dope and I was wondering when like thank you for questions for the interview just how do you balance being a professor and then just Christina Myers because you Mm. were telling us about like things you have planned for the year that will hopefully let you shout out soon and I was just wondering
3: you that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) and we're still working on it daily Mm. now um That's one thing I I try to share with my students. One thing that I do when I end my class, I end it with an affirmation because I think it's important that we all recognize in this space that, what do we say, life be lifing? Yeah, (laughs) life be (laughs) lifing. And on top of the responsibilities that you all have as students, you have jobs, you have other things you have to tend to. And so for me personally, Christina, when I'm, not wearing the professor-researcher hat, I tried to work on that Mm self-care, right? Really looking and, and working and doing things that feed into my soul and bring me joy. So whether it's reading a novel that or a book that's non-research related or Mm -hmm. just listening to music or just doing things that feed my soul playing my violin whatever it is i try to i do i've been playing since the fifth grade um um, side note but no but i've but something intentional that i've done i call it my self-care fridays Mm -hmm. and so fridays are the day where i'm like okay I'm being very intentional with making sure that I'm doing all things that feed into me. So on top of my devotion and doing all those things, I make sure that I am being very intentional with that time. So that is something that's helping me balance my jobs yeah. <laughs> as professor, yeah. researcher, and then just Tina. So,
0: Yes. I love to hear that because I know it just get really—I know you're just a busy woman, so I know it just get like, really— overwhelming i'll mm.
2: say so yeah <laughs> do you have any pieces of advice when it comes to like self-care or just taking a chill pill and getting that time to relax and not being so like like when you're working or when you're uh, traveling just any words of advice you give
3: yes um one thing one of my favorite professors told me when i was in my doctoral program was life is full mm. and so i want to put that out in the space that life is full acknowledging that but then Part of that is show yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay to have a list and want to check it off, but um, we have to make sure, make sure we're taking time to breathe and to live and to experience. Mm-hmm. And so that is one thing. I think mean, we can be our biggest critic, right? And we can... And And part of that helps us fuel to um, pull out the excellence and the greatness that's within us. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes it's okay to take a step back and to say no, which is a full sentence, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I would say that would be my biggest advice, something that I need to listen to myself, which is just showing yourself some grace, mm-hmm. because we all have so many responsibilities and things that are pulling us in different directions. And it's okay to acknowledge, feel your feelings,, yeah. and then take a step back when you need to.
2: Yeah, I really
0: appreciate that advice. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying I appreciate that. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, like, that's something I'm still learning, you know, mm. even as a junior. Even <laughs> as a junior, you know? It's a it's lifelong
3: okay. got it. lesson, right? Yeah. You got to, it's like an exercise. <laughs> you got to kind of build to it. And mm-hmm. we will always have different opportunities. You all are certainly blessed with so many wonderful opportunities, including this podcast. Yes. And it's knowing when to keep pushing and then when you can take a step back to breathe and to refuel. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So. And with a JD your hoodie, obviously they can't see it. But with it saying self-love, it's yes. just amazing, hoodie, by it? the way. It, it says self-love club, but then it got, like, discipline. Oh, yeah. Model,
0: Happy. Like... Wait, hold on. Happy, unbothered, and discipline.
2: Yeah, it's
1: pretty
0: good Where do you
1: get it from? Bro, I got this from Target on sale. It was really? $5. Come on, Tarjay.
0: Oh, $5. Oh. $5, okay?
1: That was so nice. <laughs> but, but that's Thank so important, you. right? That self-love piece, right?
3: Yeah. And I know... Naturally, I'm, I'm a nurturer, so how can I give my best to others if I'm not pouring the best and making sure I'm my best to be in that position to do so? You're absolutely so right. So, the key
2: is that self love. So, I love that sweatshirt. Thank you. I love it too. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything you want to add, Jade, or
1: just comment about? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question that I was kind of thinking about um, I know speaking to a lot of journalism professors and people that I work with, they always say that. Um, kind of like what you said, they learn more when they're in it versus when someone was teaching it to them. So I guess my question would be, what's the biggest thing you've learned when you actually got into the real world, not what someone taught you in the classroom? Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. Well, to be candid, mm-hmm. no one taught me in the classroom what it's like to be a black woman. Oh, You better speak mm-hmm. on it. Right. Working yep. in this space. You better yeah. speak right? on it. Yeah. There are so many of those tangible skills of how to write a lead and the headline and to build your Mm -hmm. the story structure storytelling but the soft skills are the things that in life we only learn through trial and error and being exposed in those environments and so the dynamics of microaggressions in that space the, the dynamics of dealing with someone that's supposed to be a source who won't cooperate with you or refuses to interview with you For whatever reason won't make any assumptions but there's those um, tensions especially for me in South Carolina right being a black woman in the space where there wasn't so many of us covering politics in that space um, that's things that I was navigating but life experiences my parents, right, growing up in a household where they poured into me. So just because I didn't learn in the classroom doesn't mean I wasn't prepared to face it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yeah, those, those are things like that. that that's why. Um, and if you don't have that, I'm so blessed and grateful for my family, the core, my two older brothers. And my sister-in-law, my my nephew. But, but like I'm so grateful to have that core village. But then I had other village members, like a part of my church, mm-hmm. in my community. So when you have that covering, whether you're learning those lessons in the classroom or not, because mind you, there are policies, legislation that are being put in place to strip away our histories in the classrooms. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they take it away, but guess what? We still have our communities. We still have our families who mm-hmm. know our narratives, who solidify our narratives, where that is a safe space for us. And so, yeah, didn't learn those things in classroom, but I was covered because of where I was and who was surrounding me and protecting me. Okay,
2: it's a phenomenal answer. And with you saying that, I want to ask, when you are in those moments where maybe your voice isn't being heard, mm. what would you say is the best strategy, for lack of better words, to get your voice out there and to still... Have you a part of the story, even if it is a reporting about a uh, topic or anything?
3: Absolutely, great question. Because that is something I had to constantly navigate in my different professional spaces, um, owning my voice, and I had to learn how to do that by advocating for um, certain voices in my story. You know, we have this thing where we say um, in our teaching and in and, and learning this skill, why is it newsworthy? Mm-hmm. Right? Who's the audience? Who cares? And in my mind, I said, well, the audience that I'm speaking to may not care, but I have to make them care, right? (laughs) Because I like to tell a lot of stories that were pertaining to my community, right? Mm -hmm. Black experiences and policies Mm -hmm. that impacted us. Um, So one strategy is, you know, being confident in your voice and articulating why this is a matter that anyone, everyone should be cognizant of and aware of. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that comes with, you know building some confidence. I know just starting out, you may not feel comfortable going up against your editor, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like if you have the facts to back up why this is important, like, you can't lose, yeah. Right?
2: yeah. And with, to piggyback off that kind of, what would you say it means to be a black woman in journalism?
1: Ooh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the first word that comes to mind is a blessing. Mm.
0: Okay.
3: Because I take very personally, hold very dearly the opportunity and to make sure our narratives are being framed in a way that speak to the beautiful rainbow of our experiences, Mm -hmm. and um, I also recognize the power and privilege of that as well, Mm -hmm. and also the fact that I am looking at (laughs) three incredible black journalism students, right? And understanding that I have this great responsibility to help pave a path for you all, mm-hmm. so the things that I'm dealing with, you won't have to deal with because I want to share and pour my wisdom into you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's beautiful to be able to be a part of um, what I feel is purpose driven work. Mm-hmm. And I just want to continue as I'm in this space, as a professor, whether it's through my writing and scholarship, to continue to be a blessing to others and and set the path for you all. Um, okay. So yes,
0: and I
2: really with
1: appreciate that.
2: yeah, <laughs> and with how you speak and how you carry yourself, and as you mentioned on our last interview, you are a woman of God. Mm-hmm. And with you being a woman of God, I want to ask, how has your faith progressed over the years from traveling to a new state to teach and then teaching at MSU and Navigating as a black journalist, how would you say that you've gotten closer to God?
3: Well, mm. <laughs> let me tell you, you better you better ask the right questions now. <laughs> Always amazing questions. Great question. Um this has been a stretching season mm. and because of that, um I definitely say my walk with God has gotten closer. Mm because i think i know that as he continues to put me in positions to elevate me in different spaces i'm going to come against some tensions right. right um it's not easy but i know it's because there's divine alignment there and i'm walking within his will and path that he has for me um so definitely my walk with him has become closer like it's not enough for me to start my mornings with prayer and and scripture it's prayer scripture devotions throughout the day. Like
1: yeah. I need to,
3: I gotta revisit the word and say a prayer. And, and I've always been that way, but it's being, it's the intentionality part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And um just you know we're not we're not on milk anymore, right? We we on the meat. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> digging in to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Me it's like digging <laughs> into the word <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and being very intentional with like seeking more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm definitely in this space and as you said, just being in a new place physically, I know I'm not outside of his presence, mm-hmm. but being in that new space where I feel like I'm rebuilding and, and building community and all those aspects is hard. So, because of my faith, I realize and recognize I'm never alone. Mm-hmm. And so, I've been leaning <laughs> into my faith even more in those moments when I felt, you know, in the presence of no one, mm-hmm. but I'm in his presence. So,
2: definitely. And with getting stronger in your faith, and then TGAMS, you, you mentioned like. You love learning things from your students. Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned in this journey? Oh.
3: This is kind of sad to say. Okay. But it's unfortunate because of what's happened in our society and what's happened here at home in terms of tragedies with gun violence and things of that nature. hmm Students, you all are very resilient. Mm. And part of me is like, wow, that's amazing. Then part of me is like, wow, that's sad. Because you all have had to endure so much wherein I was able to really grow up in a school system where concerns that you all have have had, Mm -hmm. things where I wouldn't have to worry about, right? I would never have to fear going here or going there. And so, um, and I feel like part of that is, you know, y'all just a new generation and just amazing already. But I, I question that how... Uh, things in society have impacted you all and shaped you all in a way that um resiliency is a beautiful thing but then that's when I tell y'all show yourself some grace it's mm-hmm. okay to pull back from school yeah. it's okay to say I need a mental health day <laughs> yeah. life is full mm-hmm. and I feel like it's so important for us and especially in my role to encourage that because sometimes it can be so all-consuming and, and we're blinded to the reality that you can feel your emotions and it's okay to step back. But I feel like oftentimes because of how you all have kind of grown up in this world that, that you're forced to feel that. I don't know if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Um, makes sure. But, I mean, I mean, I think it's wonderful how resilient. But then I'm also like it's okay to yeah. just be soft yeah. and mm-hmm. just, you know, just take yeah. a step back.
2: Yeah. And with seeing those things happen and still being a professor at MSU Mm -hmm. and then knowing the knowledge you had of, like, being a black person or a black woman in Mm -hmm. journalism. If you were talking to, let's say, a high schooler who was deciding where to go for school or what career to go into, Mm -hmm. how would you advocate for Michigan State or just the field of journalism? And if I asked, like, Dr. Myers, why did you become a professor at MSU or why did you choose Michigan State or why did you go into the field of journalism? Mm -hmm. How would you answer
3: that's a great question. Well, I would start out by saying come to the Michigan State University. I said the Michigan State University, yeah. right? Go the! New York, okay. Go rain, okay. Because I am here. Um, no. Um, I, I think one thing that brought me here in my professor role, scholar role mainly, is having the opportunity to be surrounded by phenomenal scholars. Like, they're renowned scholars in communication scholarship. Mm-hmm. So for me, I felt this was a great space that I can be around greatness. Mm -hmm. And kind of absorb that in and I always laughed I said I want all the energy coming from this office this office to fuel my publications Mm -hmm. um so for me professionally that is why I looked at Michigan State um for students I, I feel like there's so many opportunities for you all here to learn different disciplines I mean you all can be in the journalism program, but also taking a course in business or something. And it works within your curriculum. It's not like yeah. you have to stay here two extra years to to experience and get to know these different disciplines. So I think that's a beautiful thing because that's not always something that you have an opportunity to do when you're really figuring out. I mean, the first year, maybe first two years, you're just figuring out, is this what I want to do mm-hmm. for my life? What does my career look like? And just having an opportunity to experience different departments and what they offer to really get that sense is, I think, a beautiful thing. And then being a journalist, I mean, I think I love storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love us. Yes. I love black people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love <laughs> and so for me, I'm like, man, whenever I, you know, get the opportunity to continue to make sure that I am making sure our voices aren't silenced anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And when our voices are shared, that they're not manipulated through different facets of the institution of journalism... Um, that's what drove me into this space, mm-hmm. and um, I want to pour that into other students
2: as well. So
0: we really appreciate you for that. Because <laughs> yes, yes, no,
1: we need us We need it so much. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and like we haven't even. Like you've never been our official professor, but you've already Mm. made such an impact on us with having these conversations.
0: I feel like you're my professor. I mean, she is my professor right now. She is my professor. She is my professor. (laughs) (laughs) And we get
2: to learn so much just from hearing you speak and. As with us being juniors, hopefully with God's grace, we're going to be graduating soon and getting our bachelor degrees. And sometimes you hear, I've heard it from people who've graduated, and they always ask, like, what do I do now? Like, what mm. happens once I've gotten my degree? How do I get my job and how do I get my career? So... From the perspective of somebody who's done it all, you no know, PhD, you no know, bachelor's,
1: yes, come on, master's. doctor, doctor. <laughs> yes. What was this your... is
0: Doctor Myers' No, <laughs> this is not me. This is Doctor. <laughs> Listen clearly, Doctor. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, Doctor was... Clark. Oh man. Okay, you okay, know,
2: hold on. Was... Speaking into <laughs> the atmosphere. Shout out! Mm-hmm. Shout out! But what was your mindset when getting each degree and? maybe not knowing where to go next and how'd you navigate your path to get to where you are now? It's a
3: great question. I think I told y'all before, my undergrad is biology and chemistry and I was going to go the medical school route. But quite honestly, let me just say this. It's okay that you have your cap and gown on and you've received your degree and you're still like, what am I going to do next? Mm. Let's normalize that. It's okay to feel that. (laughs) And I I feel like uh, there's this pressure to know exactly what that path is going to look like and I understand that I thought there was a path but going back to my faith I leaned into that Mm. and that's what helped me find that peace in that season of okay what's next and then when I found my next when I was in it when I was getting my master's in communications and, and doing that work that's when I was like okay this is this is the space that you intend for me to work in god Mm -hmm. and then from that point the doors were open the path was set hasn't always been easy Mm -hmm. but it was clear to me to keep going that direction so um it's not it it, it's okay to question or really still have that dealing with like what do i do next it's okay to have curiosity and wonder Mm -hmm. um but I promise you, you will find that path, mm-hmm. and the path that you start out with may not be the path that's next or where you Amen. end up in, right? Amen. And that's okay. Amen. And I think that's what's so beautiful about uh, communications and and this profession is transferable. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can, can go in so many directions yeah. with this. Um. So hold on to that, and and it's oh, like, yes, have a plan. Definitely have a plan, right? And, and for me, I would say pray over that plan and make sure that's that's the direction you feel like you should be going, but. If it's okay to feel like, I want to try this, I want to try that. You're young. Do Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You have so many opportunities before
2: you. And when you were deciding and realizing that in your own path, Mm -hmm. what was the moment, if you remember, that clicked where you said, okay, this is where I need to be?
3: That's a great question. It's interesting because (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember what the sermon was, but I remember walking out. The sanctuary with my family. And I said, I need to go get my master's in communication. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And that's literally when it happened. It was really? on a Sunday when I came out of the sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, and I so, said, okay. and the beautiful thing is, the blessing is, family supported me.
1: Um.
3: Right? And I know that's a gift.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Everyone doesn't have that support system. Yes. Uh, but that was a moment for me. This was post getting my bachelor's and stuff. And I was like, I feel like I'm led to go this way. And it was because at that time, like I, I did a lot of community work, um, community engaged work. I was speaking, doing stuff like that. Um, but I just felt called to communication. And thank, I, I'm glad I was obedient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause, but yeah. at that point, I never would have imagined I would be here mm-hmm. in terms of PhD and what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So,
2: And we were mentioning off the mic before we started recording that mm-hmm. you got some things coming up as far as, you know, you're know, going you know, you know, <laughs> yes. to see Kurt Franklin, you're going to be hosting the of hip hop um, <laughs> thing. So just go into detail about that.
3: Oh, yeah, so, um, again, I teach Journalism 108, the world of media, and I'm teaching my students how to, with all the media we engage with, how can we be critical of it? How can we analyze it and critique it, right? And that's really getting deeper into our critical thinking skills and how we're engaging with different media forms. And so we're talking about poetry, podcasting, (laughs) traditional news, but then music, because that's part of my research as well. And so um, for one of my lectures, I had already put on the syllabus, I just want to do like a discussion on 50th hip you know because the 50th anniversary of hip-hop this year mm-hmm. and then that transformed into me working with my dear friend amanda wkar where we're partnering together to bring in local talent mikey austin james garden and okay. the mama soul yeah. and, <laughs> and um they agreed to come on november 29th is during my class period from 1 to 20 at studio a at wkar but for us to really dig into a conversation about the societal impact of Mm hip-hop like beyond our culture like this movement of hip-hop historically Mm -hmm. and what it means to us now and not only that these three individuals are engaged in their communities like They are activists. They give back to those spaces, and so how they leverage their positioning um, in the local community as well as their artistry just to feed back into our community. So I think it's going to be a dynamic discussion. Mm -hmm. Really looking forward to that. Kirk Flankenkong (laughs) shirt, that's part of that (laughs) self-care. Because she loves music, and I'm looking forward to running around and crying a mess.
2: (laughs) All that sounds so fun. Do you have a favorite hip-hop artist or gospel (gasps) singer or both?
3: Oh, don't say favorite hip hop artist because <laughs> that is so hard to say. <laughs> um, I will just say. I'll just say Kendrick mm. is one That's of. One. And, I, and I'm and i only naming him because I wrote my dissertation about Kendrick. Really? I did. Really? Part of my dissertation Ooh. was about his album, Damn. It was a oh, Pulitzer Prize oh, winning oh, album, okay. right? Yeah. And I thought that was, like, how can people outside of our culture see and appreciate his music in a way that they want to award him with the highest yeah. honor? Ooh. And the first... Hip hop artist to win a Pulitzer Prize, see, right? This
0: is why I want to go Ooh. see entertainment
3: journalists so <laughs> talk about that. Yes, and I think there's something powerful that speaks to that because he's speaking about his lived experiences, but the black experiences in that mm-hmm. album. Power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're saying all those things. Yeah. Um, so that's I'll just say Kendrick uh, favorite gospel. Um, that's hard to say i'm like the late daryl coley mm. and lashawn pace so i you know and i, I appreciate and i talking. and i appreciate kirk franklin god's probably maverick city mm. like oh, I, I love maverick oh city. my gosh i just i appreciate it all old school you new school in between okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i just love music so yeah.
2: so i have a couple questions with you loving both of those genres so mm-hmm. more specifically on the gospel and What's a song that spoke to you in a time of need spiritually, when you needed to get through something and you needed that power of God in your, in your soul? What's a song that sticks uh, out to you?
3: Go ahead and hand me those tissues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, we keep it
2: over. I case, keep it over here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
3: um, well, it's a hymn. My favorite hymn is Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Great Is Thy Faithfulness, Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Like That speaks to life
1: mm-hmm. for
3: me. Like, no matter what happens, your faithfulness is enough. Like, you are my provider. Whatever I need, Mm. thy hands have provided. I mean, it's just (laughs) great is thy faithfulness. And it's just like, it is, it just, it's a beautiful hymn. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's beautiful. And um, that speaks to me. I I listen to it every day. there's another song called uh, "More Than Enough" by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Mm-hmm. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you are more than enough for me. Think sometimes when we become overwhelmed and consumed, it's like I have to remind myself that God, you are more than enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I really don't need anything else but you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I'm focusing on you, that's going to feed me and sustain me. Um, so those are songs that have just uplift me like that is part of my my routine every morning is Mm -hmm. putting those songs and then yeah so I can keep going on and on.
2: (laughs) So with listening to genres that may be completely different between hip-hop and gospel Mm -hmm. how do you balance what you consume and what feeds your spirit because my mom she's really listens to gospel and then um when it comes to hip-hop she would be like oh you gotta you can't consume certain stuff just because of beginning your spirit and everything so Mm -hmm. how do you balance what you consume and what you listen to in your
3: day to day that's a great question and mama's right because (laughs) i appreciate hip-hop and and that's one thing too in my faith journey is that i've been more intentional and hyper aware of what i allow into my spirit Mm -hmm. and so i think some i can appreciate the music and listen to it for the content and the context without being all consumed in it Mm -hmm. and so um i'll listen to pop why not he's hey. brilliant hey. right he was brilliant <laughs> yes. amazing i know drake just dropped something i'm still trying to catch up on it so mm-hmm. i appreciate the artistry because mm-hmm. it is a gift gift comes from god yeah. and so uh for me i feel like it's okay like I, it, it's okay to listen to hip-hop it's okay to listen to that music um but it's a great
1: way to look at
0: yeah,
3: it yeah and it's but i'm not i'm not getting consumed in it i'm yeah. appreciating the You're not artistry wrapping yourself
0: around it like yeah,
3: I absolutely. We can appreciate mm-hmm. the artistry. We can, you know, we watch all kinds of shows and yeah. stuff, and mm-hmm. how so to you get know,
0: yeah. Empire, yeah. That was sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought about that, but Empire—that
3: was
0: my show. <laughs> <laughs> they're
3: watching Power and stuff. Yeah, and all, but, but it's it's entertainment, yeah. and I think that we can make that separation and appreciate it for the art form that it is.
2: That's definitely understandable. I and like Jadis and Kyra mentioned, that's a phenomenal perspective. I didn't even yeah. look at it like yeah. that myself.
1: Yeah, I never thought to, like, look, because, you know, I, I, everybody know here I'm a big hip-hop fan. You know Tupac, you know what I'm saying? But I'm a big music fan, and I always, like, get that question of, well, you you didn't grow up during that time or you don't know what they're talking about. How could you listen to it? And it's like, I'm not listening to it saying I'm about to go do what they do. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to it because they found a way to tell their life and you're listening to it. That's Mm -hmm. the whole thing. They're getting you to listen to it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I understand it because I am it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But they made that music so other people could get it. And it was more white people at them concerts than black people. Yeah. Exactly. So that's how you know that they got it and that's the whole point. So yeah, they had to say it a specific way but back in the day that's the only way they would get attention. Yeah. You know? So I... You hit the nail. On, you hit the nail with that one. I mean, let's
3: celebrate artistry. I mean, let's just celebrate it. It's yeah. beautiful.
1: And with
2: being so much in this culture, you also mentioned earlier that you played a violin, which is, that is incredible. You yes. so,
0: have strings.
2: Being a great singer, having a phenomenal voice, and also being talented to play the violin. How did you? How, for lack of better words, how did you get so talented? Come on, <laughs> like pat yourself on the back a little bit.
3: Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing some good Maya's jeans, mom and daddy. <laughs> Shout okay. out. Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out, Mama. But on top of that, um, part of that, well, I, I believe all that is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Let me just, and it it's not yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Let me make that clear. This is not about, this is not Christina. This is all God mm-hmm. um, in all aspects of my life. I appreciate my parents, though, because when we found something we love, they encouraged us to be great. So, started playing violin in fifth grade, And they kept feeding that. Like, I need a new instrument. Okay, they invested in a new instrument. They invested in me and the gift and the talent. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that's why over the years it's been cultivated. And so since that seed was planted, now playing the violin serves as part of my self-care. just playing it out of a sense of enjoyment and finding peace and joy. So that's what yeah. I can speak to. That. And then, the, you know, singing on the choir at the mm-hmm. church.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Strong alto. I Sometimes a tenner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's join the gospel choir here in Michigan State. We have one. Yeah, we have one. Oh, okay. I forgot what it's called. No, it's not called Truth Seekers. But Krista, Kristen Young, I think she's a
1: part of it. But, oh, wow. Yeah. Come okay, on, let's join. Let's no, join. Definitely. Right, Anthony, act like he can't sing. Bro, that, right. No, this, this ain't about me. This ain't about I need to see you up there on that stage, bro. You know? That'd be, I haven't been on
2: stage in a minute.
1: That's, that brings back memories. But
2: with that being said, is there anything just miscellaneous or random on your mind that you want to share, that you want to talk about, or give some words of affirmation at all?
3: Oh, we always love words of affirmation. Um, um, my friend sent me something the other day, and it said something about glimmers, finding glimmers throughout your day, because we always talk about triggers and and that's like uh, the Ooh. negative things we see and we feel. Glimmers. but let's let's can, let's focus on the look glimmers.
0: Like, yeah. oh what are that's the nice. things
3: that happen throughout our day that sparks a sense of joy and happiness? Yeah. up today. I woke up today. I woke up
0: today.
2: That's
3: a blessing. I'm here with you all. This is a glimmer. So I I believe, you know, the mind is the battleground and it's all about our mindsets and making sure we maintaining um, positive perspectives. And so I encourage everyone throughout your day, no matter what's happening, focus on the glimmers. What are those moments that fed into your soul and seek those out?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, word of the day, y'all, glimmers. The word <laughs> of the day, glimmers. <laughs> and
2: with that being said, it's been a phenomenal conversation. Do you guys, Shakira, do have anything else you want to ask or add to
1: the convo at all?
0: We got to ask her about the cookout activities and you the right. food. You right,
1: you right, right. Because so we had a... welcome.
0: We welcome her but back to the, to the cook. cookout. You right. We had yeah. a food
1: episode. It kind of got a little crazy We were talking <laughs> about food. <laughs> you know, we're talking about cookout food. So, you know, what's what's your favorite food? You know, like when you wake up and your family's like, Christina, be here at this time, we cooking. This, or this, come in the kitchen and to help in. me. Or come in <laughs> the kitchen to help me. What what you be preparing for the cookout?
3: Oh, for the cookout. See, I feel like the cookout is a very specific type of food. It is.
1: Um, it is. But I feel <laughs> like
3: if I'm like mama food, like Myers household food, like I'll... Tear up anything, <laughs> and I will cook it with my. Okay, my mom makes amazing yeast rolls, so I can make some homemade Ooh, yeast rolls, right? So um, if she's frying chicken, we're down, right? Let's fry some chicken. Um, mama's um, collard greens, macaroni. She, see, this is a regular cookout now, because yeah. we. You know I'm what I'm home. saying? You know we <laughs> gotta <home>. switch it, <laughs> and then I'm gonna throw something out to show the.
0: You're from South Carolina, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you know their
1: cuisine is like
3: yeah, that's top so. tier, right? That's, that's so. <laughs> yes. I have to. My brothers left me. I do take ownership since I've been in South Carolina most of my life. Born in Germany, army brat, hooah. Oh, Yeah. Ooh. Um. But that I'm glad you mentioned the South Carolina piece because my parents are native New Yorkers. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Jamaica Queens all day. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They but got my some pretty good food too. Amazing. But my mama. <laughs> Taught me how to make some chitlins. Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: I never had it personally. I'm sorry, they
3: scared me. Let me tell you something. I'm not that grown yet. I'm sorry. I'm not that grown yet.
1: You got to clean
3: it right. You're right. But when you cook it right,
1: on some white rice. Oh, some white rice. Mm. Ooh, some white okay. rice. Ooh, okay, some hot sauce. So hot sauce. Okay, there we go. <laughs> speak to my heart. <laughs> white rice, a hot sauce. To speak to my heart. Listen,
3: I'll throw down. Listen, I, had a, I have a duck in my freezer right now. I want to try that actually, because
0: my dad said he had duck when he was like my age and it was so good. So I was it's like, do well, I want to mm. try that? It's amazing.
3: <laughs> amazing. I'll throw down on anything, y'all. I, I, I. Chef Tina in the spot. Oh, Chef Tina? Okay. Let me stop
1: acting up. And I want to
2: leave the audience with this last question before we go. So Mm -hmm. with we talk about these types of things with food or just black culture, Mm -hmm. and you mentioned with navigating journalism, sometimes you had to make people care. And unfortunately, I've had conversations with people in the newsroom where some stories of black people have tried to get written, and then some people would just not care about them. Like Mm -hmm. They would flat out say they wouldn't want to write those type of stories. So Mm -hmm. what would be the best way you would get people to care and how would you speak to the non-black audience on caring about issues that may be foreign to them
1: mm-hmm.
3: yes yes sir those are some beautiful questions all day just giving do all day um how do we make them care that's a good question for me and grateful for the amazing editors that I've had opportunity with I kept it real with them Because I think oftentimes people say, no, that story shouldn't be told is because they really don't have an understanding. Like, let me break it down to you what this means culturally. What does this mean for this community specifically? Um and so the the key to that is having someone who's willing to work with you and listen, mm-hmm. right? I had to have editors who were willing to take the knowledge that I brought into that space and offer me the space and opportunity to tell those stories. How do I make people that don't look like me listen? I can't. But I'ma give it to you. Mm. Anyway, I'ma keep telling those stories anyways. Okay. And I'ma keep giving it. You're gonna hear me. Over <laughs> yes, over and over again because people and i think that's part of the our work right we we inform our community we inform our publics with the facts what is going on and we give them the opportunity to behave in the way that they like to right but it's up to us to inform them they can take with it whatever they want with it but it's only my job to put it in their face what mm-hmm. they do with it, it's up to them but i'm going to keep giving it to them in that way so
2: definitely understandable and this has been a phenomenal episode. We always love when you come join us on the podcast yes. and
3: time went by so quick. Yeah, it, it feels <laughs> it like always It always goes by fast. It
2: really does. Yeah, the conversations be so organic is we can keep, sit here for an hour and Listen, we don't even realize. We did that
0: in our first recording with Dr. Myers. Today. We did. <laughs> yes, we had two sessions. <laughs> actually. Back to back, back. back.
2: If this hasn't been enough for you guys, make sure to check out our first interview with Dr. Myers from the State News. And also, we did a part two for my own personal podcast, the What's on Your Mom podcast What's on, on mind? Spotify and Apple What's Podcast. Like and this has been a phenomenal part two. Hopefully, we continue this as a series, as a Tradition. And with that being said, this has been Ashley the
1: Chocolate, where we've brought the sweetest, the hottest black, black culture, culture to, to MSU. MSU. And remember to stay sweet. Bye. 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 <laughs>